Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live. The Catholic podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And we're Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh. Divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping me understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 137th episode, my man on fire segment, plus the Catholic Church in the news. And live calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So get that cue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. So we have the quote of the day. So let's do this. Quote, in divorce cases, this is called mental torture or domination. Really, it is egocentricity in which one ego loves itself in the other ego. The I is projected into the thou and is loved in the thou. The thou is not really loved as a person. It is only used as a means to the pleasure of the eye. As soon as the other ceases to exhilarate, the so-called love ceases. End quote. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, book three, to get married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. You, I hope everybody had a good Fourth of July. Of course, you know, Jerry, I worked a little bit, but I still got some a little a relaxation going on. Um, you know, me and the family, we uh we uh queued out on Sunday because that's our Sunday thing. We have our Sunday family dinner every Sunday. And so I hope that you guys did the same thing. But today we are gonna rock it with 
something different. Well, it's not different. It's just every now and then I like to bring on the fellas that are doing it right in the Catholic church with their ministries and their marriage and their family. And so I always like to push that out so that that gives us uh, some great um, some great examples to look to. OK, so this is our man on fire segment, the Catholic Alpha man on fire segment. This segment is my segment on married men or men leading ministry in the Catholic faith, doing it right, trying to hold it down for God, his marriage, his beloved and his family. And today we have my man. On fire, David L. Gray of SaintDominicsMedia.com. David is the founder, president, and publisher of St. Dominic's Media and David, David L. Gray.info. David is also the author of The Catholic Catechism on Freemasonry and Dead on Arrival, The Seven Fatal Areas of Sola Scriptura, to name a few. Man, I got to get that one. I, that, that, that's going to be a good reference for me. <laughs> Uh, he is also a Catholic theologian and historian. Okay. David has been married seven years to his beloved Felicia. He has four daughters, Dalian, Deja, Dariel, and Olivia. I brought David here today to discuss his fabulous ministry and to speak on the Catholic church and Christianity in the news and the current scandals, contradictions, and controversies in the church and what we as Christian soldiers can do to help turn things around. And so I bring to you Mr. David L. Gray. What's up, David? How you doing, man? Uh-oh, let me put you on. See, that's, that's the going live thing. That's the going live thing. <laughs> So again, how you doing, my man, David? <laughs> man, I'm excited to be on a Catholic Alpha Radical Live show, man. Jerry, thanks for having me on. Good, man. And uh, I hope you had a good fourth. I did. I did. I got back here in, you know, I was in the States for a couple of weeks and then I just got back here on the second. So yeah, it's, it um, you know, did did the typical thing, even here in Germany, went over to the the military base and there's a bunch of fireworks. So yeah, it's, it's pretty American, man. <laughs> Good. Hey, and you know what? You, you was hard to get hold of too. I was like, man, we ain't going, this ain't going to happen. I just kept telling myself this ain't going to happen. And then all of a sudden you'd go, Jerry, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my uh, mental, my mental time clock was there. I was like, you know, you, you, you was always in my back of my head. Like, and you kept yeah. coming to the front, to the front, to the front. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I know how it is because you kept saying, man, I'm in the States. I'm in the States. And I was like, well, look, this is going to be fun. Um, hey, guys, if y'all can't hear us or hear me or hear him, please let me know in the comments. Usually I'll do, which is great. Uh, but I just want to make sure I don't want nothing to get cut out. All right. So, man, let's get into this because we got a lot to cover in this uh, this hour. So okay. something I want to my wife has told me, look, first of all, y'all, my wife is the one that set this up. She is just the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> um so she told me about David. She's told me some things. So, man, you have a great, great story, dude. I mean, yours is even better than mine. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, so what we're going to do is I want to talk a little bit about what led you to starting your ministries, yeah. St. Dominic's Media, David L. Gray info and your podcast and what your life happened and all of that a little oh, bit. Cool. Sounds good. So. You ready? You, you you got it? Yeah, let's go. Let me know. That's what I said. So tell oh, me a little oh, bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about why yeah. you started your ministries and what happened in your life to get you to this point and what and yeah. how you know what did God do to change you and all of that, you know. Yeah, we can start so yeah, go, we can start most, most recently with the ministry. So I did step start St. Dominic's Media. That was in 2017. So and I guess that really is where the backstory begins, because what got me into publishing and, and media? Well, back in, I guess, about 2011. So I was civilly married to my first wife out of college and kind of like my first wife in a sense. She had she was the most interesting woman I had met up to that point in college. Mm. And so. Um, neither one of us were really churched, as they say in, in, in Protestantism. We were both from, you know, casual or, uh, you know, not serious Protestant families. Not uh, if you were to ask either one of us to articulate who Jesus Christ is, we probably couldn't tell you. But 
what I liked about her was that she's very interesting in a lot of ways, but most importantly, she wasn't one of those dumb Christian girls. I just thought Christian girls was just dumb. Like who believes <laughs> in a fairy tale, right? So here's right. this agnostic girl, like, oh, she gets it. Like Jesus is fiction, right? And so we, yeah, so we got married after college. We had ended up having three daughters and we were married for, for quite a while. And then, um, you know, I don't know if a lot of agnostics are like this. I'm not going to generalize, but for me as an agnostic and as an agnostic, what I, I wasn't much of an intellectual agnostic, agnostic Jerry. I wasn't like one of those people who can argue down as far as like, you can't prove that God can exist. I just knew that it didn't seem to me to be a God who's interested in my life. There was probably a, a, some divine force who created the universe. But as far as someone who's interested in my life, someone that I needed, I wasn't convinced. And mainly I wasn't convinced because I just looked at the, the religions that are out here and the Christians, I didn't know anything about Catholicism, but the Christians, they were just, they had so many denominations. They were competing with Dude, each other. I know it confused me. <laughs> You're right. And they, they all had the same Bible, all claimed they had the same Holy Spirit. And so, exactly. Yeah. And that was off the table. But I did look into other things, you know, Islam and Judaism. And Me too. Pre and pretty much where I landed, though, was Freemasonry. And most people say, oh, well, Freemasonry is a religion. But it, it is. And it was for me because it had a moral law. It had a moral code. Mm -hmm. It had an understanding of the divine. So for me, that that's, was my understanding of life. So, But I'm still so... And that's the relationship between being an agnostic and my approach to Freemasonry was that as an agnostic, I didn't think there was a noble God. And with Freemasonry, there was a moral law. Now, both of these things allowed me to just make up things on my own. Like if, if something was good or something was wrong, I could just mm -hmm. decide on my own, right, without any what I have in Catholicism now, like axiomatic divine law. Like mm -hmm. we have the truth and the fullness of the truth. So eventually what this led me to, Jerry, was now if you were to ask me, like on Friday, um, is it okay to like embezzle money? And I was like, mm. no. Like, who does that? Like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> on Monday, it was very interesting. It was enticing. Like, oh, I wonder if I could get away with this. So that was really the, the shift in the moral law that I have, you know, determining these things on my own. Mm -hmm. And it's just a slippery slope. And so, and that's what I did. And I did it for quite a while, this like embezzlement scheme that I had. And I was, and what gave me like a rush, like, I guess when pe people might experience with drugs or something like that, this rush that you get mm -hmm. or car racing or just doing just things that you're pushing the envelope and feeling like you're getting away with something was that every year the top auditors from these firms would come in to the company that I worked in, Deloitte & Touche, Ernst & Young, just, you know, all the top firms, they would go through these audits and every year they wouldn't find out what I did. And that, that for me, for someone who's like prideful, had a huge ego, I'm like, oh man, this is, man, I'm just beating everybody. Uh -huh. And then what I was really doing was really just beating myself down morally, right? That's what was going on. I was, I was destroying everything that was important to me. I was destroying my marriage. I was destroying um, what I value most in my life, my relationship with my daughters, because I came from a household. I had a, a, a biological father and a, and a stepfather. And I always had swore to myself that I never wanted to be that that weekend dad. Yet here I was putting myself in a position, doing some things I knew I could eventually get caught. So one day um, I was in my office and my second oldest daughter, Deja, she was on the ground playing. You know, just as, you know, she usually does this, what they always do. I'm in my office working and they come in, you know, to the office and just play. And I'm looking at Deja on the ground, Jerry. And I would say that um, I just it just strikes me like I do not I don't want to lose this. Mm. And um, so that was the first time I got on my knees and I like prayed to this God that I wasn't quite sure existed. But I said, God, if you're real. Right. This is how all the good atheists and agnostic prayers begin. <laughs> like, yeah, God, yeah, right. if you're real. <laughs> you know, <laughs> If you are real. Yeah. Well, I'm going yeah, to yeah. show you here in a minute. <laughs> and that's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did. I said, if you're real, help me stop doing this. Mm. Because I knew it, it had become like. An addiction in a sense. I know that's weird. Stealing money is an addiction, but it, it was this embezzlement thing I was doing. So the next day I went to work and Jerry, that was on October 30th, 2000 and 
three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to work on November 1st, 2003. And it was that time of the month where I had to, had to continue the pattern of what I was doing so I wouldn't get caught. So I had to wire money to myself um, to keep the pattern going. And as soon as I get on my computer to do the transaction, I feel like this feeling of disgust, like well up being like, like vomit wells up on you. Like this is like mm. feeling of just like ugh, disgust wells up in me. All right, guy, you may be real. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, okay, this might be an answer to my prayer. And that was really, that's when that was really when my first movement towards God began. Jesus was still off the table and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. okay, God is real. And then next thing happened was I got out of that job. It was like, they gave me a promotion to be like, which, and this is weird. I went from being an accountant, a senior accountant to being the internal auditor over the whole company. Oh, like, like how does that happen? The guy that bells and money becomes the internal auditor. And so <laughs> but really that was, that was really like a grace from God because it was the only way I think allowed me to get caught. And I did get caught once I left the job and they were talking about giving me like crazy time for not even like a half a million dollars, but, um, but it was really all paid back even by, before I was sentenced, but talking about giving me like crazy time. And so for me, that was, it was just like nine years seemed like 90 years. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, there was one night in uh, the next October, I decided maybe September, maybe September. Yeah. I said, I can't do this. You know, I had lost everything, everything I thought that was important to me, my money, the little fame I had as a Freemason, the, my, you know, my family, you know, being away from my daughters, being like a failure as a father. It's just, it was just too much. So I had called my grandma, my wife and some other people that are important to me. I told them, you know, I loved them and everything. They didn't know what I was going to do, but I did that. And then I tried to, um, I tried to commit suicide. I put a bag around my head. I put a rope around my neck and I tried to suffocate myself like a asphyxiation, try to suffocate myself. I like turning myself with this bag on my head. And so I'm doing this, trying to kill myself. And then all of a sudden, about a second and a half turn, Jerry, I hear a voice. And the voice says clearly, audibly, in my ear, my right ear says, I love you. I am here. This is, I love you. I'm here. And as soon as I hear that, the first thing you say, well, who said that? Where'd that come from? <laughs> and so I look around, nobody's there. And then like the question now, the question's in my head and the question that comes back in my answer that comes back in my head that it was Jesus. Really? <laughs> like mm. that was the, the answer just is like still funny to me. Like really? Like, because Jesus just was not on the table. He was fiction. Right. And I was like, so anti-Christian Jesus. But I had to believe the answer. And for that, that was the first night I had ever read the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it was amazing, Jerry, that I'm reading these Gospels for the first time. And I believed. And I felt deprived that I had never heard about this Jesus. And I believed. And that yeah. that's what started my journey to the Catholic Church. I just followed Jesus to the Catholic Church. You know, I, I get baptized a Protestant. You know, and I'm still, I'm not still don't understand the Protestant thing. So one day I, I do the same thing. I get down on my knees and say, you know, God, if you, you know, if you're real and you, and you started this church, you started a church, you should be able to keep that church together. I'm going to go find it. And if I can't find it, then I'm just going to have to assume that that whole, this whole thing has been a, a ruse. It's been a fake. Amen. And that, so I, I land in a Catholic church, which you know, I, I struggled with that for like a while because I just couldn't believe the Catholic church, really. But it, that, that was all that was left after I went on this like historical search. Hey, man, at least you're better than me. I didn't even know what the Catholic church was. I was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm like, what is that? I don't even know. What, I mean, I heard of Catholics, but I didn't know yeah. that was a religion, right? You didn't know that's it was a religion. How, that's how messed up I was. Yeah, usually yeah, you was a little bit further than me. Yeah, a lot yeah. more further than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess the hardest thing for me becoming Catholic wasn't really the theological things. I read the catechism because I was trying to prove the Catholic Church wrong, and that, that failed by reading the catechism. I proved, you know, yep. who I, I proved I was wrong, right? Right. That's all you do. <laughs> yeah. And so but the hardest thing about me converting to Catholicism was just like like the whole culturally black thing, because I was really still trying to be do things like 
you know, follow the, you know, the, the power. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how far does that go? That don't go far after a while, does it? No. Nah. <laughs> I was trying to follow the checklist, right? There are certain things you got to do when you're black. You got to, you know, eat, right. I don't know, eat grits and shrimp. I don't know. You got to right. vote Democrat. <laughs> right. You, gotta, yep. you know, and you're not going to be a Catholic. And yep. so, yep, yep. So, yeah. So, man, so what led, so what, explain to me what your uh, ministry actually does. Like, Cause I was looking, man. You one of them brothers, man. You got a lot going on. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be real with you. You got, <laughs> you got the historian thing, the elogian thing, the YouTube channel thing. You got the, the uh, the what is he called? The uh, Father Hell No going on. Oh, which I love no. my, my wife loves the Father <laughs> Hell No going hell on. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Saint Dominic's media going on. You're an author, yeah. dude. What you know? Tell me about how you're helping. You know, tell me about what your ministries and is, is is designed to do. Yeah, so St. Thomas Media. So I started that after um, you know, my, my wife uh, divorced me because the whole Catholic thing wasn't working out. So I started the path down a seminary, and I couldn't do that because Dario was still in high school. And so they said, "Well, go get your master's. By the time you get a master's, you'll be able to go and come get in a seminary." And so that's so I went and got this master's, and then I met Felicia, so I discerned out the, the priesthood. And so what did you do a master's degree? So I was teaching for a while. Then where I really landed on was I didn't want to be like a school teacher, but I really wanted to teach. And so that's mm. when I really started St. Dominic's Media. So I, I have a passion to teach the real meaning and mystery and theology of the liturgy. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Uh-oh, you went out. Oh, well, well, y'all, that's how it works live. Oh, he's back. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> your your uh your Wi-Fi says you're really it's really strong. I don't know what ha- why I did that. Oh no, it's not. It's kind of weak. But it'll come. Let's see. Well, I can hear you, so oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so yeah, and, and Freemasonry, we do a lot of work with Freemasonry as well, trying to bring Catholics out of Freemasonry. So those two things, my passion is teaching about the liturgy and the thing that I feel like I have to do because of where I come from is to help bring Catholics out of Freemasonry. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Beautiful, man. Hey, Freemasonry is a serious thing, dude. Uh, Father Ripperker was the one that really started me. Well, well, I will listen to Catholic Answers a lot. And okay. so I would hear it all the time there. And so I learned a lot of fundamental stuff from that. And then I'll start listening to Father Ripperker. And then that right there kind of got Freemason like really like it's really, really, you know, kind of messed up. And then now I'm seeing your book. So it, I'm, I'm, it's letting me know this is really a thing that we've got to stay away from. Um, a lot of you had never you, you had never bumped into it. You never had been like solicited Mm-mm. or anything like that. Mm-mm. No, I, I was. um the only person that I ever met was a. Uh, I was coaching football, and we were coming from the field one day. And one of the guys, one of the coaches, we just talked talking. He said, "Oh yeah, I'm a Freemason." And then I, I, re- I went into my spiel, right, dude? I think that's like evil and blah blah blah. Oh, you're well, already, uh, you're already Catholic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm already yeah. Catholic and everything. So I was doing my little spiel and everything. But the thing that for me, man, was kind of like your story a little bit was when I came back from the Air Force back in. Uh, Mm. Hell, 2000, no, 1998, something like that. My father had a best friend who was a uh, a black Muslim. Mm. So my father, his whole life searched for all kind of stuff. He never said it on nothing. But at that time, he, you know, it was the Muslim thing. And so I went as far as, you know, talking to them. I went as far as um, I read the uh, Theology of the Time by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, oh, man, but see, I'm going to tell you, look, this is the Holy Spirit. Were you kind of right were you kind of like leaning towards nation of Islam or were you leaning, leaning towards like more traditional, like Sufi type of Islam? I was leaning toward the black Islam thing okay. because I, like you said, right. I come, you know, black, you know, the black thing we're, we're, we're oppressed <laughs> and we're so oppressed and you know, it's yeah. all this racism. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And this was 1998 still too. Now you gotta oh, remember okay. that this is 1998. Okay. 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 And so yeah, you're coming off of the, like not, not too many years before that was a million man March and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yep. And so, 
my father, um, I uh, like I said, I started reading the theology of time and all of that. But here's what this is the Holy Spirit. I read that book, man, and the stuff there was misspellings. There was um, the English was like. You know how you're writing an article or on the internet because you know we're in a we're in like in a rush and we all make mistakes on the internet because we're in a rush because we got to get this article out to get this podcast out in like two hours, yeah. so we always make mistakes, right? Even no matter how many times you read over something, you always yeah. miss an S or a T or something, yeah. apostrophe or something, right? Yeah. But this is a book. This is supposed to be a prophet, and so I'm looking at this and I'm reading this book and I'm like. And I would, I would, I'm not a studious person. I'm, you know, particularly smart or nothing. But I'm just saying that really turned me off. In ah, that, okay, it's like, okay, this dude is supposed to be the leader of the Black Muslims, and he's writing this book. And in the book, although it was good, the book, well, I'm not even gonna say it was like broken up English. I mean, it was just weird, and I, I couldn't wow. get over that. Wow, you know, I couldn't. It wasn't like I was judging him. It was like in the big scheme of things, you're like. Something ain't right about this. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's something weird to, for me to for it, I couldn't get it out of my head the whole time I was reading the book. Like I was supposed to yeah. like follow this dude, and this dude can't even write. When we want to get a publisher to, you know, yeah. to look over stuff, and yeah. so that's kind of what threw me off. And so that's interesting. I know, and it kind of like pushed me away. And I wasn't. I had met my wife, my fir- my my first wife. We were having problems. We had we were having problems by then. We weren't even having problems yet. But my, I had met my current wife. I, like I said, I didn't know anything about Catholicism or nothing at that mm-hmm. time. So I, that was seriously the whole, looking back. That's seriously the Holy Spirit, dude. Seriously, man, man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like so, that. I like that. I never so, heard that. Yeah, typos kept you out of heresy. Kept you out of <laughs> kept you out. Typos kept you out of hell. I never heard of typos keeping somebody out of hell. That's. <laughs> <laughs> All things that keep you out of hell is typos. <laughs> and you know another thing too, man. Another thing too, David. I'm not a follower. Uh-huh. Like, I'm a I'm a loner kind of dude. Like, I have yeah. friends and stuff, and we cool and everything. But yeah. my whole life, I've been like, you know, kind of like. And so to follow an organization or any organization yeah. is hard yeah. for me. Even though I was yeah. in the military, it was it was hard. Yeah, and so it, it, you know, I don't know. That's kind of where I yeah. guess it was a lot of things working on me. That looking back now, it was, but now I, you know, looking back, it makes it all makes sense. Because, yeah. like you, God has something. That voice, God has something in store for you, and you don't even know it. That's why right. I try to tell guys in my program: you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Just do what you're supposed to do and let then let the Holy Spirit do his job, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's all you can do. Yeah. Mm. So now I, I want to ask you a question. How did you and your wife meet? Like, okay, you've been said you were married twice. Mm-hmm. And so then you were you were Catholic. You said the Catholic didn't work out. So what does that mean? Like you and your first wife, how did that what what happened with all of that? Yeah, so um it is difficult, right? Because, you know, I never did do, do the whole nine years in prison. I ended up doing like half of that. Um, nice. But it, it was, you know, that was really great. That was a miracle itself. How that whole thing worked out. But it was hard for it, right? I mean, being you in the military, I mean, you, you've seen guys deployed. What happens when a man deploys? You know, sometimes you come home to a baby. That baby not yours, right? <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah people, people just get naturally lonely. And, um, and so, you know, I'm gone like two and a half years. And she's like you know, you might do this whole nine. I don't know if this is going to work out. And then, then when I became Catholic and she's still Gnostic to this day, um, maybe, maybe, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm confused by what's going on, but, Amen. <laughs> but uh, we pray for her, but um, yeah. So she just knew it wasn't going to work out and she just thought it was just too much. And, and so she did, she filed for divorce for me. Um, and I, I fought it for like a whole year and finally went through, and um, I even even in the courtroom, you know, I'm telling the judge, judge, do both parties agree? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> nope. But um, but that was that. And, and I, I I said to her, you know, if this is if this goes through, that's just that's that's it for me, you know. Because um, I just felt some kind of way about her leaving me in that place where I was, and 
Um, and yep. it's not like she didn't know what I wasn't doing. She knew exactly what I was doing. So I just felt, I just felt, you know, I just felt something, you know, her, I felt abandoned. Right. I felt really abandoned. So yep. then uh, when I got out of prison, you know, I was just done with women, Jerry. I mean, I was, you know, I couldn't be gay or nothing like that, but I was just done with women. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's when I started to go to the priesthood. So I meet Felicia, I'm still open. I'm kind of discerning, right? So I'm kind of open. And so I see this girl on Facebook. We're like in the same Facebook group. And she has like a nice conversation on Facebook, this group that we're in. You know, she's talking about no sex before marriage. I mean, her conversation is just like, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't really my type what I look for, but uh, I, I probably wasn't her type either. But that's what we met. We met on Facebook. We eventually met on person in person. And as soon as I meet her, she comes around the car. We're on this date and she comes around the car. And this is like the same day. This is my father's birthday, the year he died. And and I attribute this to my father. She comes around his car, and I hear like this voice. This this was this voice wasn't audible. It was more like in my head, but it was strong. It was like, that's your wife. <laughs> really? Uh, like this one? Well, you get a lot yeah, of talking. But, and I attribute that to my father because like our last conversation, Jerry was talking about this type of stuff. Because I was telling him, like, nah, I, I, I really can't see myself getting married. Is that would you get married here? I had like five wives. I said, Would you get married again? Boy, you <laughs> had one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, he wasn't pop. like he wasn't a Rolling Stone. He didn't have a bunch of kids with unwed women. He had a bunch <laughs> of kids with women he married, right? So <laughs> <laughs> he's a different type of different right. type of uh, yeah. Right. But he said, "Yeah, I would do it again because I never had a chance to raise y'all any of y'all from like beginning to the end. I would do it again." Is that? And so it's funny <sighs> that you know, first day I see Felicia, I hear that voice. You know, he's like, "That's your wife." And I followed that voice just like I followed the one to the church. And as hard as things got between us, as different as we are, there was always that sign that this is your wife. Like, this is the woman you're supposed to. This is, this is your Eve. And I, I, can, I can never, I tried to leave her a few times. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I just kept coming back, and it's been ever ever since we worked out our kinks and our communication. It's been a beautiful, a beautiful marriage. It really has. But dude, what the same thing happened to me, man. We got a lot of similarities. <laughs> so check this out. Check this story out. Me and my okay, my first wife died of look was had died of leukemia, and oh, so. Wow. Me and my wife, I, my wife, my current wife, she's, uh, we met when we were 12 years old. Okay. That's a story, a story for another time. Damn. So basically, once my wife died, I, I, I saw my other wife after what, 20 years in, mm. in, in the mall. Okay. So me and her got started dating and all that stuff. So story for another time too. Start dating and stuff. And so my father, he's, Kind of like your father. He didn't have a whole lot of women or nothing. And he was only married one time. But his mindset was the same kind of as your father's kind of. You know, like, why are you, you know, man, you just, you know, your wife just died a year ago or two years ago, however long it was. Like, you need to go out and, and, you know, and, 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 uh, put it out there and, and, you know, experience more women and blah, blah, blah. And, I didn't say I just kind of like didn't say nothing. So one day my wife used to walk. My father was this kind of guy. He went over to my wife's house. We weren't married yet. We were just dating. Oh, yeah. yes, my father, man. You got to know him. <laughs> he goes over, he goes over my wife's house, dude. At the time, my wife was walking and she saw from like about uh four or five blocks away, she saw my father's car in front of her house because she knows my <laughs> father. So she's walking down, she's doing her exercise, walking down the street, man. My father gets out of the car and he just starts talking to my wife. You know, at the time, of course, we're not married, but he's yeah. talking to my wife. And and she's and he's like, Well, yeah, you know, so what do you think about man? Because my nickname in my family is man, M-A-N-N. That's been my nickname my whole life. Yeah. In my family. So what do you think about man? And my wife told him that, you know, he's nice and I like him. And you know, we're seeing it. He said, Well, you know, his wife just died and stuff. And you know what you think? Don't you think you two ought to don't you think? Don't you think you two ought to just, you know, just chill out a little bit and, and let him go and, and, and get find other women and that kind of conversation. And my wife said she just stood there and just listened to him. And I at least she comes and tells me, and I go, Yeah, baby, that's my daddy. That's just how he that's him. And, you know, it, it was out of love. Yeah. It's out of love, but it's it, it he went too far, right? He went, yeah. 
But my point, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I didn't listen to him. Because uh-huh. listen, I listen to people who are doing what I want to do. Mm. My daddy was divorced. I did, I love my dad. He but yeah. he was divorced, and and I I wasn't trying to be divorced no more. Because me and my <laughs> wife, me and my first wife, we were in divorce court when she died. I mean, so I'm thinking I don't oh. want to do yeah. that no more. Yeah. And so, but th- but here's the thing, man. If my wife, if I hadn't married my wife, and I tell the guys on this show all the time, and in my pro everywhere, if I hadn't married my wife, I would not be sitting here right now. She is Catholic. She was Catholic. I, like I told you, I never heard of Catholic or nothing. Mm. My wife was fifth generation Catholic. Now we got kids that are sixth generation Catholic. And my wife was a. She worked for the for the parish. She was a parish secretary. So I thought she was just oh, holy, she holy. Like Catholic I Catholic. She, right. I thought she was this holy holy woman. Right. And she, yeah. She, and you know what, men, we don't marry women unless what they make us want to be a better man. That's, That's the true. core of it. And so I saw her again all these years, and I was like, wow. And everybody liked her. I was like, wow. But my point of what I'm saying is, man, my wife, I, I she has, we have been on a, like you said with you and your wife, current wife, we've been on a journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she's got, look, just me and you sitting here talking, it's because of my wife. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Always, 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 always like you. I don't know when we met on social media, never met her in person, but ever since I met her on social media, I just always just liked her. She's like a, you know, just liked her. You know, she's like mm-hmm. nothing offensive. Out just, there. She's just like, she's out there. She'll yeah, tell her right like it is. Yeah. 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 I just, she's just like, just a cool person. So, right. so. <laughs> Man, that was great, dude. So, look, we'll go on some more of your background later, but, you know, it's uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to get into the dilly-dilly, okay? Sounds good. All right, fellas. Hang in there with me, y'all. Hang in there with me. We are going to rock this. Whew, let me find my little thing. Find my thing. Here we go. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. We are back with David L. Gray, the founder of St. Dominic's Media. And we are talking a little bit about his background because I wanted you guys to know what a special man he is and that he is not playing with you and he is not playing and he's not playing with Satan. He is not playing with him. Okay. Um, And so that's why we do that to let you know where he's come from and where he is now. Um, So what we're going to do as promised is we're going to get into the Catholic church thing, the Christian, the Christian thing in the news. And look, I've been wanting to do this a long time to, because you know, a lot of times there are things in the media that, you know, that give the church that, that doesn't hurt, that doesn't really help the church with other Protestant denominations and things like that. And a lot of my guys, they, they don't know about the Catholic thing either. They're just like me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what I do is when my, when guys come into my program, I do not try to, to convert them or nothing. What I do is I give them the fullness of the church. I give them everything. And I teach them about confession. I teach them about adoration. I teach them about the rosary. I teach them about um, spiritual warfare prayers. And 
I let them in the Holy Spirit work that out. You know, um, I got dudes that, you know, they go to adoration. They that are Protestant, they go to the Catholic Church, they go to adoration. So my point, what I'm saying is I don't try to convert them because that's between them and the Holy Spirit. What my job is like you do is give them my job is look, give you the truth and give you the things that are going to help your marriage the best I can. And then you and the Holy Spirit work that out. And I say that exact same line to all of them. And they seem to be cool with that, you know. Yeah. So, but this yeah. right here is a little different, David, in that. You know, I you know there are a lot of times there like there are a lot of things in the church. You know, like my wife got me into the thing that you and 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 um and uh Michael Voris do. You know, you know that that listen, this look we put you put it out there, and because if yeah. you didn't put it out there, man, how would we know? And people dog you out, people dog him out, and I never was down with that. I think listen, if you let Satan hide in the dark, what's he gonna do? He gonna he gonna stay in the dark. Right. So this segment with you and for the every month will be once a month. And I just want you to come on, man, and just let me know what you think. Anything that you think we should we should bring out there. Scandals, contradictions, controversies, you know, like this L.A. Dodgers thing that just happened, like this thing that you did with the Pope and what he said about something. You know, all these things are on the table because people need to know. And then what you and I will do is combat that and say, listen, that's the bad thing. But here's the good thing. Like, this is what the beauty of it is. Right. So right. go ahead, brother. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's because I think a lot of people do have people who may be interested in Catholicism or may have heard something about it. But in especially the United States, Jerry, I think one one thing that, that you hear and you know Fulton Sheen very well um, is that he said, uh, and I'm probably going to quote this wrong, but he said uh, more people um, know the reason why they, they, they are against Catholicism is not because of what they Catholicism teaches, but because of their preconceptions of it and what mm-hmm. they heard about it, which was not true. So, and especially in the United States, this is largely a Protestant country. I think a lot of people hear a lot of things about the Catholic Church that just aren't true. And so we enter into the conversation or enter into our preconceived notions about Catholicism begins with like these false premises that we have. So that's that. But also, sometimes the Catholics, I think we create our own bad news. And I yes. think <laughs> when I came into the Catholic Church, I came into the Catholic Church at like the height of the sex abuse crisis, right? And and um and and nowadays, you know, um, I think this thing for some people, I've heard this personally from people. Sometimes some of the things they hear from our Pope, Pope Francis, who is our Pope, but sometimes some some things he says are like quite troubling to them, and they can't really yeah. reconcile that with the truth. Like, so how can I be Catholic yet? You have all these bad popes and bad priests and bad bishops. And I'm like, yes, that's why you do become Catholic. <laughs> yeah, like, You don't become Catholic not because of that. You become Catholic because of that. Like, yes, because we do have the weeds. But you seem to me to be a person that is the weeds. And we need you to come into Christ's church. And so we need soldiers, we need men, we need mothers, we need we need all people of goodwill who believe the truth to give the Catholic Church a second look. And so, and people like Jerry, I myself, and others are here. I, th- I think if you if you are interested, and if you do have questions about some things, I mean, I'm definitely open to hearing those and seeing how we can flesh those out. Amen. Amen. So, with that being said, let's like. Tell me, like, are there any, like, scandals type of things right now that you're looking at and going, man, this is this is like messed up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think, yeah, in in it's a local, right? I think depending upon where you live in the United States, I think it's more in the news than others. I think people who may live on the East Coast may live in D.C. Maybe they're still troubled by the whole Theodore McCarrick thing, right? I think that that's one mm-hmm. thing you and I talked about. Maybe maybe that's an issue. So yeah, here's a, here's a a guy who rose, who's probably one of the most influential, one of the most powerful prelates in the Catholic Church, one of the most probably maybe one of the wealthiest cardinals in, in the Catholic Church. And that's the issue itself. Like, yes. why, Jerry, like, Jerry, why do people go to D.C. as senators? And then like four years later, they're, they're like really like, wealthy people. Oh, the same money. Yeah, yeah. Like, how are you a wealthy cardinal? Like, how that work? Like, how you got more money than. Yeah. 
I'm like, but, whoever, like, all these rich people, like Bill Gates, you got more money than Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how that work? But, yeah, so, um, and, and that ties into, like, yeah, so I, I think McCarrick, um, Theodore McCarrick, very powerful man. And, and the, the Archdiocese of D.C. has been the seats of very influential people, none of them have ever been made like a saint, right? <laughs> we never right. declared any archbishop out of DC as saint yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you're in that area and you keep hearing about Theodore McCarrick and his 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 interest in his sins with young men, or in particular one in particular, and just his his background in that, I think yeah, that that's that's an issue, and it's an issue that you may that keeps coming up in the news about, Oh, Catholic priests. And uh, some of them have a very small number of them have um, sexually assaulted um, young men. So how, how do you deal with that? How do you reconcile that? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is that the Catholic church has never promised that we're full of holy people. No. And I think Christ Jesus ever said, oh, the church is going to be full of holy people. Again, it's, it's going to be full of wheats and weeds. So the thing is that that's never been a reason like never to become Catholic or a reason to um, evade against the Catholic church. Because I think it's really funny, Jerry, that that the same people who I, I think it's I think it's an interesting critique against the Catholic church that we seem to be the only organization that people critique us because of our bad members. They critique us because of people who aren't behaving Catholic, people who are not following the teachings of the Catholic church. We seem to be the only organization that people judges and condemn us over people who do not follow church's teachings. They say, Oh, look at, look at Joe Biden. Look at all the things he's doing. He calls himself a Catholic, but he's not a Catholic in good standing. He's not a, a Catholic who follows the teachings of the Catholic Church. So why should we judge by a person like that? So I would like people to judge us not by the Theodore McCarrick's or, or, or by the Joe Bidens or, or people like that. But I like people to judge us by the people like um, Mother Wilhelmina or uh, St. Um, Josephine Bakita or St. Padre Pio. I like people to look at our holy members and judge Catholicism by our holy people and say, okay, Catholicism must work because of these holy people. Don't judge by Catholicism not working. Judge by Catholicism working with these holy people. Well, people don't understand that. Listen, I'm listen. I'm gonna not be that smart of a man, but I'm not a dumb man. Okay, you might not be that smart of a man, but you're not a dumb man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And my point of what I'm saying is, man, you, you, we're we're not gonna follow something that is going to lead us to hell. You see what I'm saying? And people don't understand about the the church and Christianity in general is you don't leave Christ's church. um, You fight the church in the church. You don't, you can't, because when you're outside the church, you can't do nothing. The reason that we get, the reason we get dogged out so bad Mm -hmm. is because, well, we're, everybody knows intently that we are Christ's church. We are the church he's left behind. But that also, also though, we're the biggest, right? It's a billion yeah. people. So if they can knock, if, if Satan can knock us down, which who's Satan, the evil of the government, uh, yeah. whoever is against it, you know, yeah. they can, if they can knock us down, then of course everybody else is putty. And that's what they don't seem to believe. Yeah. They're not going to go <clears throat> and talk to some church on the 21st of Meridian, you know, <laughs> Billy Joe Bob's church of the most immaculate <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. They're not going to go dog him out. They're going to come to the big boys. You know, yeah. but it's always seen as far as the sex scandal thing. Nobody ever talks about the teachers and the special education teachers and um, the other Protestant uh, uh, church, Christian churches yeah. and, you know, uh, professors and uh, daycare workers, government. You know, they don't talk about yeah. them because we all have the same moral code is, you know, we yeah. our job is to do what we're supposed to do and have a higher standard. Um, and so right. when you come in the church, you know, the Catholic, another thing too is the church is not, is the teachings of the church are not the men of the church. Does that make sense? Right. Exactly. You know, if you, we're the only ones the the, the Christ church is the only one that is still against abortion, still against yeah. homosexuality, still yeah. against, um, 
contraception, birth control, yeah. still against no fault divorce, yeah. still against all the things of who? Of Christ, Same. of God yeah. himself. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah and that, I think that's a miracle of self, right? I mean, you're talking about a, a church that, that is in, in its form uh, since Pentecost for the last 2,000 years, nearly, that hasn't changed when it comes to the sacraments or the morals and dogma. There, there's certain there's certain disciplines that we, we've modified or there's certain things we've understood better. But when it comes to um, the moral law, the things that we, we've always said was evil, we're still saying it's evil 2,000 years. Whether, Like you say, whether it's abortion, whether it's no-fault divorce, whether it's uh, masturbation, you name it. We've been consistent for 2,000 years where everyone today in this post-Christian society, this post-true society today, are now saying, oh, those things are okay. Oh, yeah, it's okay mm-hmm. to, to masturbate. A man needs to do that. You know, it needs a release. Right. Oh, it's right. okay to have sex before marriage. You need a little practice. You know, you know, every, every, everything that the yeah. world is saying is okay. The Catholic Church said no, no. Truth hasn't changed. You changed. Society you changed, but truth hasn't changed. Because God hasn't changed, and God is truth. So it's it's, it's and um, if God is truth, He can't change anyway. Truth change. don't change. He can't change. And yeah. and people got to understand that the reason that's the re- the real reason we get attacked is that is that. We they know if they can shut down the Catholic Church, the pinnacle of the Christian society, if they can get us to bow down, then they got everybody else. This is how powerful it used to be, man. The Catholic Church was so powerful, not because of the people in the church, because of Christ. But like you said, a lot of things we've done over the last 30, 40, 50 years is has gotten um, has gotten us to be more whistles of men. Um, and the men of the church, we just we we just um, the men are indulging in their passions, which yeah. means what the holiness is starting not to be what it needs to be, um, yeah. and that's why it's important that you you allow yourself to love Christ's church for what it is and the teachings and the dogma and the discipline, and it's not these are not rules these are commandments. You know this is what Christ left behind for us, for the sacred tradition and the sacred scripture. Um, and yeah. I think people get that confused of, well, that's not what I want to do, or I don't want to believe in that. You know, those cafeteria, those, those Catholic, those cafeteria Catholics, those yeah. cafeteria, mm-hmm. cafeteria Christians, that this is why people break off because they want to do what they want to do. Yeah. yeah. Like if yeah. I want to masturbate and watch porn, who has <laughs> got to tell me I can't do that? Right. Silly <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah. You're making but, up but, your own moral law. Yeah. But then if you do that, what does that do? That diminishes your power as a man, doesn't it? You break yeah. your grace with God. So how are you going to lead your family if you're mm-hmm. so selfish that you're engaging in sex with other men, sex with other women, pornography, all that kind of stuff? You are yeah. you are you are killing your power as a man to even think about leading your family. What do you think about that? Yeah, because you're wounding yourself, right? I mean, this is what we believe as Catholics. We um, that you know that um, because of the original sin of our, our first parents, that we just our nature is wounded. It's just hard for us to say yes to virtue. It's easy for us to say mm-hmm. yes to sin. It's easy, so we're wounded. Now we have the sacraments: baptism, confirmation, the Holy Eucharist, and confession. That helps us helps us do better. Helps us choose say yes. But we're still we're dealing with that wound. So every time we sin, we we sort of open that wound back up. Now think of a soldier on the battlefield, right? Um, he's wounded. And so he gets up to maybe try to walk away. He gets shot again. He's he's wounded more. He gets shot again. He can't get back to where he's, he can't, can't get to where he's trying to go because he keeps wounding himself. Now we think of that in the context of sin, masturbation, sex outside of marriage. We're wounding ourselves. Now, if you think if you're a person who just think, oh, I'm just responsible for myself. I just live on the island. I'm not responsible for anybody else. Fine. But that's not the Christian idea. The Christian idea is that we're a community of people, that I have a duty to you, Jerry. You have a duty to me. We have a duty to our wives. We, we're here for each other. So if I'm supposed to be here for you, Jerry, and I'm here wounded, getting here wounded, getting shot all the time, let myself get shot, how can I be a service to you as a, as a wounded man? So if we believe that we have responsibility for each other, then it's just some things that we just we, we just shouldn't do and we should try better not to do. And when we fail, we have to return to the sacraments. We have to return to, to God's forgiveness. Well, and then another thing too, man, is sin makes us stupid. People <laughs> think the more, the more you sin, I don't care yeah. what it is, the venial, <laughs> venial sin, morally sin, you become numb. 
And yeah. people actually think that God will forgive me. Well, God will just keep giving me all these chances and, and love yeah. me for whoever I am for all the mm -hmm. whole hundred years I'm here. Yeah. And that is like from hell, dude. That is the, from hell. Um, yeah. the, the reason you go like uh, guys will say, well, I masturbated and I went to confession. Okay, that's great. But what do you if you if you have this idea of I'm a go I'm a masturbator watch pornography and then I'm gonna go to confession, then you're defeating the yeah. purpose because what about the temporal effects? Yes, God forgives you yeah. for what you did, but what about your selfishness of and the people you involve in your sin, involved in your infidelity, involved in mm -hmm. watching porn, involved in masturbation, the selfishness and yeah. the pride is a temporal thing. Yeah. And so that has to be repaired. And that's why it diminishes your power as a man to lead your home. We can't go in and out of sin like that. We can't keep going in and out without trying, like you said, being virtuous. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 That's, I think that's an important point because one thing that you, you, you touched on is that in society, I think when we look at people, and not, not to judge people, we, we, in, in the sense that we're not going to condemn them, but just make just judgment, just make an analysis right. by observing people's ask, 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 actions. I like that. I, yeah, I, I think like if we if we look at people who are out here doing dumb stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and we see how they keep team, they they just make they like the guy in that 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 show um, life with with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, there was a character in there called can't get right. And he just couldn't get right. And we see people in society like that. They just keep doing dumb stuff and can't get right. But what we're talking, what we're talking about is sin. The more people sin, the more dumb stuff they do. So anytime we see somebody out here doing dumb stuff, we could probably look at their lives. And say something, something's going on there. Now, when mm -hmm. we look at people's lives, who are, are virtuous lives, we look at the saints, we look at holy people, we can say, Oh, they consistently do good things. They consistently say yes to God and I can see the fruits of their life. So these are things we just can observe with our eyes. This is not even hard. It's like seeing a homeless man on the street. You kind of want to ask him how he got there, but maybe see you can help him. But part of you wants it for yourself because you 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 don't want to fall in that same situation. Like, hey, what got you here? Okay, I'm not going to do that. Right? right. <laughs> so it's the same thing. We look in society. Oh, he out here making dumb decisions. I'm not going to do that. Oh, he's making good decisions. I'm going to follow that. It's the same thing that you've been talking about. Why do people become Catholic? Because Catholic Church has been proven. It's proven for 2,000 years that we make the saints. <laughs> you you live a good mm -hmm. Catholic life, you're going to become a saint. You're going to have a holy life. And so it's the math is simple. We just got to do work it out. And the way, and the thing is too, is, you know, we've got to start like, and I know everybody's not like me and I understand that, you know, but, you know, the way, if you're going to evangelize somebody in Christianity mm -hmm. or in, or like once they're with a believer and you're trying to get them to the Catholic church or whatever, you're trying to evangelize doesn't matter. You have to, you have to bring it down the faith down to their lives. Mm. Like how does the Catholic church and what Christ church teaches help you in your life? How does what Christ teaches help you in your life and get you to learn how to be a man of courage. Mm. So like, like this, like people, men don't really realize that me, real men don't sit here bitching whine. <laughs> we don't sit here bitching and whining stuff. I got to fulfill my needs and I got to do this. And I got to do that, man. That's what weak, that's what weak soft dudes do. <laughs> you know what real men do? They do what Christ did on that crucifix. Mm. They, even though they didn't want to do it, they did it. They, he gave his life for the, for the universe because that's what real men do, and he mm. did it, and he didn't bitch one time. Mm. Well, see, is... preach that, Jay. <laughs> 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 but what I'm saying is, man, like, dudes, you've got to get men to understand what real men are. Why? Because we don't, we aren't taught that anymore. Like when you said you were in front at your desk, and you said, man, I could get away with that. You know, that was, of course, that was like dumb something well yeah but something <laughs> missing though it yeah. was something missing in your life yeah. a masculine figure in your life to say hey man that is yeah. not cool man but yeah. what we do we rationalize it and people don't realize the mercy of god is this the first time you commit a mortal sin your butt don't die and go to hell right then that's yeah. the mercy of god mm. that's the true mercy of god but yeah. what does he do he goes hey man jerry 
you know, even though you did that stupid stuff, guess what? I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you time to get it right. That's the mercy of God, man. If you think yeah. about it, yeah. you know. Yeah, it is. That's the best evidence that there is a God and that Amen. he is merciful. Yeah. Amen. So, man, thank you for coming on today. Uh, man, time just goes so fast, don't it? But see, that's why we got to do this. Get this right. Get this. We, that was our warm up to y'all. Um, next month, my man, uh, my man, we ain't figured out exactly the, the week yet or the day, but my man will be here. He is a theologian. That's what I'm talking about. The theologian, like you hear it come out of his mouth, you know, it's the truth. <laughs> if you want to hear more from Jerry, make sure you come over to my show because he'll be there at the end of the month as well. So you hear a different side of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so before we go, my brother, what um what can we go? Where can we go to learn more about what you are doing? And do you have any current projects you would like us to know about real quick? Um, yeah, just you said at the beginning of the show, um, my ministry Saint Dominic's Media.com and my personal website, David L. Gray.info. My only new project is my comedy skit I'm working on. It's Father Hell No. So check that out. See if you like it. He started off as like little shorts. Now he has like a full, you know, full show now. So we're going to see how that goes. Oh, hell beautiful. No. So, man, is that okay? Now, where is it at, David? Where is it on at On my now? YouTube channel. Just look up David L. Gray and yeah, he'll be on my YouTube channel. Good, good. All right, fellas. So thanks, Dave, for David, for hanging out. <laughs> I did the whole show. I did the whole show and I'm doing it one time and I just did it right <laughs> then. I'm so sorry, man. That's fine. That's fine. I just scratched my face a little bit. <laughs> All right. So thanks for hanging out, man. And please, please, please keep doing your, your ministry. Keep doing it like you do it. And what we'll do, we will see you in a month. Thanks, brother. Bye. Please. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Right, all right. Thank you guys for hanging out with me today. And if I have some little ladies out there, some little fillies out there, thank you too. And I hope that you got some out of today. I really want to bring David on and to really start, you know, us getting into this mode of understanding the Christian faith and what it's really about and letting us know things, you know, because a lot of things happen in the church that we never get the full story. That ain't fair. That ain't fair because we don't get the full story, man. It diminishes us as Catholics and Christians and it, it gets, it makes us feel hopeless and helpless and stuff, but we ain't hopeless and we, it ain't hopeless and we ain't helpless. You know, we've got to start in our marriages in our homes as men, we have got to start teaching the faith to our children and, and helping our wives come to the faith and, and influence our environment. That's how you change this whole thing. Um, and so, um, you know, in the months to come, when David comes on, that's what we're going to be talking about, man. Like stupid stuff that's going on and how, but what we can do to fix it and how we can save it and how we can get back to the things the way Christ wants us to be. And so with that being said, we end today with 
uh, our quote from Pope Benedict XVI, as we always do. And it states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now, go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual, the spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!